0: How doing today? Huh. All right, everybody is awake. I love that. It's okay. The fog kind of threw everybody's morning off. I get it. Um, thank you for coming out. And uh, maybe it's better than it was this morning, but it was it was pretty rough this morning. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Ben White. I'm the young adults minister here, along with my smoking beautiful wife back in the corner there, Hannah. Uh, fun fact, she also hates when attention is called to her, so everybody feel free to stare. Uh, <laughs> um, this, this Christmas season, we're, we're doing this series called Looking for Jesus, and we're trying to figure out who Jesus is and who the Jesus is that we're searching for. And, and so Caleb last week did a great job, and he talked about what we see is what we admire, And what we admire is what we reflect. Right? And so I want to know right off the bat, what Jesus are you looking for? And and we're going to get into our scripture today in a moment. But what Jesus, this amazing ruler, and he was going to kill all the Roman Empire and restore Israel to its former glory. Sometimes, I don't think my Jesus is big enough to solve my problems. Sometimes... I think Jesus expects too much of me. That's the Jesus that I look at consistently. And I constantly have to reframe my eyes to know that Jesus trusts me wholeheartedly. And that, yeah, he does give us more than we can choose sometimes. That's that's where we learn dependence. And I want to know if whatever Jesus you're looking for is, how is it working out for you? How is what you are seeing and searching for and what you're admiring in Jesus being reflected back into your life? It's not just enough to look for Jesus if we're not actively learning from him, if we're not actively growing from him. Otherwise, he's just another person. Oh, he's a great man. A lot of people thought that and that was it. And today we're probably going to talk we're going to talk about it. we're not probably going to talk we're going to talk about it, one of the most underrated of Jesus' kind of identities. So if you have your Bible's turn with me to Matthew two, otherwise it'll be up on the screens for you. It says, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? You never, ever, ever go into another man's house and say, hey, I heard there was a new man of the house. Where's he at? Because they will get offended. The same way you don't go when it rose. And I've come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. What time the star had appeared? I don't know about you, but any time somebody summons somebody secretly, they're usually up to no good. 100%, 100%. Unless they're planning a surprise. Hannah can usually tell when I'm planning a surprise, so it's not really secret for more than a day. It says, And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country. A couple things to look at here. Jesus was the only baby that has ever been born a king. Most kids, when they're born under a king, are born princes And most kids that are born after a king dies aren't really considered in their lineage because somebody else has taken over. Jesus is the only baby, says born king of the Jews. And, And that title might not sound like much, but the reason that it caused so much uproar in Jerusalem was because Jews were thought of less than. Nobody really liked them. Herod hated them. And to say that a new king of the Jews had been born right under his nose and he had no idea about it made him angry. And all Jerusalem with him. You see, when, when, the, when the wise men came, they stirred up the entire town. They were the talk of the town for days, most likely, which is why Herod brought them in secretly because he was like, dude, I can't have this getting out anymore. But they brought they brought this hey where's the and then we see these gifts that they brought them, and they they had found Mary just chilling in the house, and Mary, you know probably Jesus is like seven or eight months old and and they're kind of trying to figure out, hey, we just gave birth to the Son of God, what does that even mean, like we don't know who this baby is, like what he's supposed to do or Or anything like that. And then you have these shepherds come in and say, hey, we saw angels. And they're like, we want to come worship the new king. They're like, okay, that's a little strange, but we'll let it happen. And then they had these wise men. And they brought him gifts. And, And most of us, like, we're coming into this Christmas season like we've all got gift lists, right? Me and Hannah just had baby showers last, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before and we had this, like, entire registry on it, right? And so we had, like, diapers, pacifiers, blankets, money, like, all these different things that we think we need for this kid. And Mary, when, when the wise men come, she's like, okay, this is kind of, kind of weird. And then they worship Jesus and give him gifts And the first gift they give is gold. And she's like, dude, we're rich, man. Like, we got gold now. Because gold wasn't something you just gave to commoners. Gold is precious. It's priceless. It holds its worth. It was gifts for kings. And this gold that they gave Jesus represented his kingship to come. And his kingship as a baby. And then they gave them frankincense, and frankincense is like this oil It kind of smells weird. Um, I don't really like the smell of it. I don't know if Mary or Jesus really liked the smell of it either. And and she's like, okay, like that's a different gift. Like, all right, we'll let it play. But, but this frankincense was actually like an anointing oil, and it was a symbol of the priestly role that Jesus came to fulfill as the high priest. And then the last gift they gave was myrrh. Yeah, it kind of sounds like murka, but just myrrh. And, and myrrh, everybody knew, was was an embalmment oil. So when you died, they would, they would embalm you with myrrh, and that way your body wouldn't smell bad, right? And so she was like, okay, like I, I can't even imagine what she was thinking, like how do I be happy about this gift, but like, I still don't know what it is. And she kind of gets that like awkward smile chuckle going like some kids get when they're like, oh, mom, you didn't have to get me a pair of socks. Like, but it it was a prediction of his death. And so these wise men had literally given Jesus kingship, priestlyship, and predicted his death all within three gifts. And we did, they didn't know what to do with it. And they worshiped, and they probably stayed for a while, and I don't know how many of you would just like, maybe you got other plans, but the wise men had camels, and it was another like six-mile hike back to Jerusalem. And so they stayed, I imagine, with Mary and Joseph and Jesus and got to hold the Savior, right? And I couldn't imagine, like, we went to, to Dallas for Thanksgiving, and I got to meet my new nephew, and I held him, and it's, Holding a baby is like the most precious thing in the world, right? And you're holding them, and while you're holding them, you're you're kind of looking at the parents, trying to figure out who they look like, and like, oh, he's got your nose, he's got your eyes, and then some of it's like, man, I hope you don't look anything like your parents, you know? And and Hannah, they, they had her play a game um, at her baby shower, and everybody wrote down one characteristic they wanted our baby to get from, the mom and one characteristic they they wanted our baby to get from me. And 90% of the people wanted everybody to get Hannah's smile and good looks. And I was a little bit offended until I realized over half the people wanted the baby to get my sense of humor. And I shoved it back in her parents' face and I was like, see, I am funny. It's proof. And they didn't think that was funny either. Um, but, But there are they're holding the Savior, and they know what he is and who he's going to be because they just gave him all these, these gifts that predicted all this stuff. And, and I can't help but thinking, like, how do we leave after this? You see, Herod sent them out to seek out a threat for him. Herod saw Jesus. They were actively and diligently seeking out a Savior and causing as much uproar as they could to find him. You see, Herod thought this little baby was a threat because he had his entire ruling line in his children. He already had it established, right? And he thought it was a threat so much that in the next few verses, Jesus or God tells Mary and Joseph to get out of there because Herod's going to come in and kill all these kids. And this is where we get this, this idea of worldly wisdom versus spiritual wisdom coming at us. Worldly wisdom says, dude, it's just a kid. It's nothing special. It might look like the parents. It might not. Like, and, and if you've ever gotten a hold of other people's kids, you're like, oh, this is such a sweet kid. And then it poops on you, and you're like, all right, there you go. You can have it back. Spiritual wisdom tells us what the wise men understood. Dude, this kid is the savior of the world, and they don't even know it, so we got to tell everybody about it. And they gave them gifts, and, and we're going into Christmas time, and and we got all these kids in the service with us too. And so, kids, I'm gonna need your help. If you could tell me one gift that you put on your Christmas list, what is it? What you got? A new bike? A unicorn blanket? a new bike and a unicorn blanket. See, I just did half of your job for you. Drum or a drone or drums? A drone. All right. I mean, that's a little higher end. Mark, their in-law, dude, they were ready for Christmas in like September. Ask him for Christmas. If you ask for Christmas gifts in September, you seriously have a problem. Cause you haven't even gotten past Halloween and Thanksgiving yet. There's like other holidays you got to get through before Christmas. But they asked, right? And, and we we know we ask for things and we want to ask for things for Christmas, but we don't know how, so we make this list and and then parents spend half their time trying to get this one item that they really want. Like, is it the right unicorn blanket or is it the right bike or, man, I hope this is the right drone for them. And it, it takes us forever, but half the time we don't even know what to get people because they never ask. Jesus and Mary didn't ask for They might have asked for gold. Mary was like, hey, we need money, you know. But, but they didn't ask, and yet God knew what they needed. But in Matthew 7, we see the importance of asking. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. If then you are you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? You're not going to give your daughter a unicycle when she asks for a bike, right? Because then she's going to end up falling straight on her face, and it's going to hurt, and you're going to have to deal with the consequences, right? But if if your daughter asks or your son asks, like, Dad, I really want this, or Mom, this is like, top tier, like I told Tana, like one of my most asked for things is a watch, and I gave her a specific picture, like this is what I want, right, and, and that's what we do, like at Christmas time, we we got to tell each other what we actually want, otherwise, like I could get any old watch, you know, but if we don't ask, how is anybody going to know what you need? If we're too ashamed to ask, it's like, dude, I need money this Christmas, I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from. I don't even know where my next meal's coming from. If we're too ashamed to ask because we're afraid of judgment from our brothers and sisters, or we're trying to hold to this higher standard of this is the class I want to be represented in, we're losing out. And our needs aren't being met. And and this preaches real well, and all you got to do is ask, and God's going to give it to you. And if that's the case, I'm still waiting for my new shiny Toyota Tacoma to come. Rolling up in my drive. And he says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. God doesn't care so much as what you're asking for as the heart behind what you're asking for. He cares way more about, hey, why do you actually need this time? Hey, why do you actually want to have patience? Why do you actually want X? Why do you want a new truck? Something he constantly asks me. I say, because it looks cool, you know. Why not? Why not? But he cares about the heart. And so what what are the hearts behind your ass? Like, I ask for Legos a lot just because it's something like it's a toy that I can manipulate and build with, and it's fun to build, right? It has a purpose. You got a bike because you want to go places. You want a blanket because you want to stay warm and look cool doing it, you know? You want a drone because... I mean, who doesn't want a drum? They're awesome. <laughs> you know? But it's, it's that heart behind the ask of like, God, I really need patience. And here's why. God, my, my kids are pushing my, my patience and I'm at my breaking point. Or God, I need, I need peace because my anger is overflowing. He cares about the heart of the ask, but James also says, "You ah, you do not have because you do not ask." How much of our ask and how much of the stuff that we need and we want and we know we need and we want do we just keep inside? Said God, "If I only had a little more patience." Oh, ask me for patience, you dummy. God, if I only had. X amount of stuff, or if I could only have a little more time, or if I could, if I had this, or this, or this. He's like, dude, just ask. I know what you need. And he wants to give it to us, right? He knows how to give good gifts because we know how to give good gifts. Like, you're not, you may or may not get a drone, but I can guarantee you're going to get some of the stuff on your parents' list, right? Are on your list that you give to your parents. Like they're not gonna look at your list and say, he's been super naughty this year, we're just gonna shred it. You get coal. But if we don't ask, whew, we never get. And so today, as we as we wrap up, I, I want to know one, are you are you looking for the gifts of Jesus? His Oh, God, you're so good at patience and and peace, and I I need some joy. Or are you looking for the gift of Jesus? Because the wise men saw Jesus as a gift. The gift. Right? And if Caleb, what Caleb said is true, and I believe it is, that we we look at what we admire and we reflect that, then we're going to reflect that gift of Jesus just by sitting with him. To the point where we don't always have to ask for joy or peace. Man, we're, we're so in love with Jesus and we understand the gift that he is that it just comes out. And people are like, dude, you're a little too joyful. <laughs> I can't make you angry and I don't know how to. Like, why, why don't you get angry at this stuff? It's not because we're getting all these gifts from Jesus, but we're actually understanding the gift of Jesus. And we're able to live it out and out, ooze it out of our entire lives. What do you need from Jesus today? What are, what are you willing to ask Jesus for? And, and what are you not willing to ask him for? Because there's some junk that's like, dude, I don't even want to tell you about it. I, I don't want you to know this, Jesus. Like, but he's like, dude, if you would just give it to me, if you would ask, I would take that away. And I would give you something so much better. So, God, we we thank you. Jesus, we, we thank you for the gift of just being a baby born in a manger, but born a king and a mighty and powerful king. God, we, we pray that as we go throughout this, this next two weeks, we got two weeks till Christmas, and that, like, scares some of us, but others are like, please, just let it be over. God, would we not forget to look for you? Would we not forget to ask you for the things that we truly need? And not just for the things that we want, but God, I need more grace because this person's really trying my patience. Father. Would we come to you and just sit in your presence and understand the true gift that you gave us thousands of years ago? Would we understand that, please? The worship band's going to close us out, but I want to say thank you to everybody watching online on Facebook and YouTube and, and everybody being here today. Love you guys. What a important message for us to hear this morning.